beat LA? No, better yet, sweep LA. The Sharks win back-to-back at Staples Center and now sit one point out of a playoff spot. Who would have thought of it a few weeks ago? We'll talk about all that and much more right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, Sharks fans. It is Saturday night, April 3rd, 2021. The Sharks win 3-2. And welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live and interactive Sharks postgame. Teal together and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. It's us again. Uh, Eric and Ian with you. You, Ian is uh, zoomed in. I got to back you off full just scotch there, bud. How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. I'm good. Sharks do good. It's good. Always good, I guess. <laughs> uh, if you're on Team Tank, it might, it might not be. I mean, my goodness. Uh, but, uh, man, I don't know if, if you're with me on it, but I, I wasn't too thrilled with that first period from the Sharks, but, uh, you know, they got out to an early lead early, but then, I don't know, it just, just seemed like they didn't have their, their legs or their mojo early on in this one tonight. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That first period, I mean, there was a goal there, but that first period wasn't a great period of hockey. They definitely got better as the game progressed, especially considering, you know, playing with, like, say what you will about Mark Edward Vlasic's play this year, he still eats a ton of minutes. Um, So to be on the second night of a back-to-back to finish as strong as they did, it's commendable for sure. Indeed. Uh, are you seeing jerk? Uh, make Ian only talk about playoff chances. Oh, I know. It's like I, 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 like I tweeted out, I'm like, come watch Ian eat shit for 40 minutes. <laughs> no, no. You, I, I, honestly, I thought you guys were, uh, you know, having a good time with it and everything. But uh, you know what? Uh, things got going early. You know, I, and this is the weirdest thing. They gave the goal to Kane, who never touched it. Then and LeBanc, who actually got the goal, you know, didn't even get credit for it. But then they they figured it out that is eventually LeBanc from Kinejoff and Kane uh, early on to make it one nothing. Uh, just one of those lucky bounces, I guess, right? Yeah, I I mean it bounced off like it was the double deflection. It looked like it went off two Kings players before it won in the net, but. Um... You know, so, but it was weird how, yeah, it was weird, like, when they gave that goal to Kane and then, like, Banker didn't get an assist. Like, how many deflections did they see there? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like it was apparently a triple deflection, all off Shark players. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, there's, there was another goal, I think, that Balsers, I thought Balsers scored that went to Couture. And even on the replay, I'm like, are we sure that that's <laughs> Couture's goal? Right. Really? Right. Um, And I just kind of scratched my head there. Um, but no, I mean, you, the, you know, if you, 
if you're going to have success in the NHL, I mean, a lot of shots that go in the net are going to be because of there's a lot of traffic out front. And I don't know how that went in, but I also don't really fault quick on not seeing it because I have no idea how it went in. So I, I don't think he, I mean, he would have a much better look at it being positioned on the ice where he is, but I still don't think he even knows how that went in. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't the prettiest goal you'll ever see, but it was definitely a good way to start a lot of, you know, a lot of net front, uh, net front presence. Um, but you know, and it, it worked out for the Sharks, which was good because other than that goal, though, I mean, I don't think the first period was really good. Um, they didn't really have a lot of sustained pressure in the first period otherwise. Um, and they were really defensive in the slight, like really sloppy in the defensive zone. And I thought that uh, Jones had to bail them out uh on a couple of occasions um, because of their sloppy play in their own end. So uh, it's good that the Sharks got better um, in the second and third, but that first period of hockey was not good for the Sharks at all. No, and they were outshot 18-5 to in the period too. It just wasn't pretty. And of course, Dustin Brown would get, you know, uh, the the Kings back within about a couple minutes later to tie it up at 1-1. Uh, apparently, uh, I pulled a heady. Uh, they pulled an early lead early, Hot Wheels before <laughs> he said. So there you go. Um, There's yeah, a double like, And that wasn't, you know, and that that um, that Dustin Brown goal, I mean, it goes back to, you know, what I said about the sloppiness in their own end. That was a completely blown coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, Martin Jones went, went out to cover the angle and, and the puck goes behind him uh, to a player that should never have gotten the puck so cleanly behind him in Dustin Brown. And, you know, uh, the Kings, the Kings make them pay for it. And I think with how sloppy they were in their own zone in the first period, they're lucky. That's all the Kings did. To yeah. To be completely honest. Absolutely. I mean, Jones kept him in the, in that first period with 17 saves. I didn't like that goal because I thought you, you always got to have a head on a swivel. I know that's one of, one of Randy's, uh, one of Randy's Randyisms. But it's true. I mean, you, you got to watch the back door just in case if somebody's going to keep coming in uh, and they didn't catch it. And Brown made them pay to make it a 1-1 after after 20 minutes. I, meanwhile, you know, the second period comes. I thought they played a little bit better. Uh, but then, you know, of course, Burnsy gets called for slashing. Uh, but later on, you know, Evander Kane after receiving a nice pass from Logan Couture reached around for, for the goal. Oh, did I say reach around? Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. I mean, he got a, it was literally a reach around goal to give, you know, the Sharks a two, one lead. On that, I mean, it was a nice play by Couture. I yeah, mean, it was a really. I, I think like as as much as the patience paid off for uh, Evander Kane there, um, the the that pass by Couture was just ridiculously good. That was Jumbo esque, a little bit there, but I yeah, mean, it was it was a nice reach and good good to have good wingspan from Evander Kane on that one. Uh, and Evander, you know, 16th of the season, keep doing what you're doing, bud. And to make it a, a you know, a, a 
2-1 lead for the Sharks, and then they get a power play when King gets cross-checked right into the referee. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh boy, here, get get a late goal for the Sharks, and and they're looking good going to third and everything. But then, then, then whatever happened, happened. I mean... I don't know. I didn't like how Burns was set up on this play by by Moore on the shorthanded goal to tie it up. But I also didn't like how Jones just... Oh, like, yeah. So so here's the thing. Like, yes, the defense on that play was awful. But, like, that, regardless of where your defenders were, that can't go in. Like, that cannot go in. Like, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and that's not to say, like, I know people are going to be like, oh, there goes Ian on Jones again. But, like, that was brutal. And look at he did make some other saves. That, like, again, you know, you have to take the good with the bad with Martin Jones. Um, you know, uh, if he wasn't as good as he was in the first period, this game gets ugly really quick. Yeah. You know, but but that goal can't go in. Like, you just, it can't go in. Like, there's no excuse for it. Like, yes, defense whatever but even still like if you can't rely on your goalie to make that save eh, it's just it wasn't a good goal yeah and i didn't even like lebank kind of lackadaisically coming back a little bit and then he just looks like he's just standing there in front of the crease waiting for nothing you know you gotta have that one and it put pressure on you know on the team uh for a big third period you know tied two two after two they go into the third period. I thought they played really well. They were they were taking chances. They were stopping things defensively. Uh, they get the penalty, which I thought was a really chintzy slashing call on Jeff Carter. Uh, at least the power play looked better this time. Despite, yeah, but it's kind of like it's it's kind of like that penalty earlier in the game too, right? Like there's there's certain things that the refs are super calling right now. If you can get somebody's stick reaching around you and you can tuck that under your arm, you're gonna get the call. You take a whack at somebody's hands, you're gonna get called for mm-hmm. it. Like the the NHL this year, you know, for a lot of the dumb things they do, to their credit, have really tried to clamp down on the slashes around the hands, which they should have. Absolutely, they should have done it a long time ago. Um. But, you know, like, yeah, it, it was it kind of a chintzy for sure. But at the same time, like, that's going to get called. You have to know better. And it was, yeah, so it was, it was a really dumb penalty for, for, for Jeff Carter to take at that time, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you're doing all of this with, without Mark Edward Vlasic, who granted isn't really on the power play, you know, anymore. But I mean, it's, yeah. you know it's it's tough to see i mean i i try to scrub through just as the the game winning goal was coming in i didn't see anything on that last shift from mark edward vlasic that the uh you know that 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 the uh that there was anything that injury wise hopefully we'll get something from uh sharks pr uh either t- late tonight or or tomorrow i mean obviously you have sunday you have monday off and then you get set to play anaheim on tuesday so it'll be see interesting to see uh as to you know as to 
who comes in because I mean these guys are getting gassed a little bit and that's what I was saying early on on Twitter because it's like you see these guys take like minute and a half shifts and this is the forwards not not the not the defensemen mm-hmm. here I mean the defense I mean I won't even I'll look at the time on ice for the defenseman and that might be I mean like goodness Ferraro played twenty seven twelve tonight oh, I thought he was all over the ice tonight too like he had a he really stepped up with with obviously Flasic going down, other guys had to step up, and I thought he really stepped up. Like Ferraro had a, just a, an amazing game tonight. I thought, yeah. and I, I mean, and then at the end, I mean, the, when they showed the uh, after the game, they showed the uh, scramble at the end. It was his foot that got in the way because that was headed towards the net, going into the net for. Uh, for Los Angeles to tie it up, but his foot got in the way. Couture gets it out. Sticks are broken all over the ice, and uh, with that one. But getting back, going back a little bit, Dylan Gambrell and the college kids getting it done. You know, Leonard steals the puck from Quick and feeds it to Gambrell with an open net, and that's your game winner. Yeah, um, you know, again, another really good pass uh, from from Leonard. Obviously. Um, Johnny on the spot there. I, I, you know, Gambrell gets a goal. It was, it was nice that like that Gambrell got that goal too, after he had the one taken away from him yesterday on that weird offside. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought it was nice that he, that he was the recipient of that goal. But, uh, I mean, John Leonard, that's, that's the play, right? Yeah. Like it was, I'm not, you know, obviously you have to hit the net and that's important, but I, you know, uh, Leonard getting in there, pressuring jones or uh, jones quick to cough up the puck and then you know and making that pass I, I mean that's that's uh that was it was a great play by leonard yeah uh, and great to see uh getting into it more productive more want more desire to go get that puck to go get that game winning goal to uh get in there and finish it off and you know it's always uh Always a good thing to see the, the nice extra effort there, and that turns into the game-winning goal. Sharks win 3-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Know, I mean, four in a row for the Sharks, of course. As we know, this is the, your, the longest winning streak of the season for the team as they uh, get going and uh, look really good after... Uh, after a rough two game set in Arizona, how big are those Arizona losses now uh, looming? But uh, yeah, I mean that's they're they're going to be big, and um, you know they got a little help uh, from the Avalanche tonight. Uh, Avalanche score with forty seconds left in the game in the third period to break a one one tie. I know we got to the return early, but I think it's important, obviously, in this context. Yeah, um, you know, Kale McCarr scores a goal. Uh, you know, scores a goal 40 seconds left in the game to uh, to prevent that game from becoming a three-point game. So uh, the Avalanche win in regulation keeps the Blues uh, steady at 38 points, I believe. Uh, I'll pull that up just now. But, yeah, the uh, Blues... The Blues, of course. Oh, thank you, NHL.com, for not loading properly. That's so wonderful. There you are. Uh... <laughs> The Blues are at 38. The Sharks are at 38. Um, not sure why the Sharks are still ranked below the Blues, but they're, the Sharks are at... Breaker. 
Oh, Rose. Yeah, they have the ro- the second yeah, tiebreaker. The rose. The rose. This is where Landy would take a, take a shot here if that was the case. But uh, at uh, 17, 16, and 4, the Sharks are over 500 since opening night, uh, which is... Given everything that this team has gone through, I mean, this team has been coming together lately. Five, six of their last eight games, they have have been victorious on. Uh, you know, it's uh, nice to see. The Blues are at sixteen, fifteen, and six at thirty-eight. Arizona is just a point ahead at thirty-nine. Uh, the two losses are huge. Uh, thanks to uh, to the Sharks. I mean, now the Kings are uh, four points back. They do have a game in hand on San Jose and St. Louis and Arizona, uh, but now there are four points behind the Sharks and the Blues, five points behind the, the Coyotes. Uh, just, and it's kind of turning into a, a like a three-team race for the top three, and a three-team race for the number four spot. Yeah, I mean, nobody's catching. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to catch Minnesota at this point. I think Minnesota's pretty snug in where they are. Mm-hmm. Vegas and Colorado um, are obviously going to fight for uh, for supremacy there. But I, it'll be interesting. You know, it'll be interesting to see how, how this plays out down the line. And I think that I, I talked a lot yesterday about the the strength of schedule or lack thereof for the sharks and i think um i think it was my fry hole on twitter um pointed out today that arizona actually has a pretty decently weak schedule ahead of them as well so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and i i thought that the sharks had by far the easiest uh strength of schedule left but um but arizona has a pretty decent schedule ahead of them as well let me pull this up here quick uh while you do that benjamin castle yep uh, regulation wins they are tied uh the rose the regulation overtime wins which is the next tiebreaker uh st louis has it at 14 to 12 and that's where those early shootout wins uh come to hurt the sharks a little bit so we'll see how that goes of course uh yeah everything going on here the sharks four four wins in a row now uh they get to uh they're now 10 10 and 2 away from the shark tank uh and granted they've played a lot of road games already on the schedule they've played 22 out of 38 which will be nice because now you have 19 games left and uh you know you you've done most of your most of your road work uh, yeah. You know. um, so the Coyotes schedule, they have they have a couple of games against the Kings coming up, which obviously they're you know, the Kings are we we play we've watched the Kings play twice <laughs> in a row now. I mean, I'm, it's safe to say that those are probably uh, games that the Coyotes should win. Um, then they have a game against Vegas. They have a couple against Vegas after they have. Sorry, they have Anaheim tomorrow night. Then they have a couple against the Kings, then a couple of games against Vegas and Colorado. So obviously that's a little bit hurt. Um, then Minnesota, then they got, um, again, you know, the, then they got the blues, um, then the wild for a couple more games, but then it's back to the LA and then a couple against the sharks at the end. And then they finish against Vegas. So, um, 
like I don't think like I don't look at the Arizona Coyotes games as like games that the Sharks should win. And I, you know, I'm not saying that they're they're going to get completely destroyed though. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of they're going they have a they have a few tough games, but they've got a lot of fluff in there too. Yeah, and as do the Sharks. As do the Sharks. I mean, you got the LA, the Anaheim's, you know, all next right. week, which is which is crazy. Um, but then you go to what? Is then it's Colorado. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a crazy schedule. So let's see, home to Anaheim, home to LA for two. Then the Ducks come back the following week, and then they head to Minnesota for two games, and then head three to, against the Golden Knights. Yeah, you have. Yeah, so you got the Wild. The so you got yeah. You, so like you're other than so other than this little stretch here where you where you play the other California teams. Three against the Wild, three against the Knights, two against the Coyotes, and then Colorado to wrap it all up. Yeah. Be interesting to see. You know, it'll be interesting to see. But it'll be also interesting to see in some of those games where, you know, do the Sharks start seeing backups? Because obviously the compressed schedule with the playoffs coming up, teams right. that are going to be locked in, are they going to start resting guys, right? Right. That's the question. Um, you know, but it, yeah, so it's... Yeah, and you have the three games against the Avalanche. Who knows if they have everything wrapped up for them? I mean, those where you can get the backups. But then again, as we all know, the backups for against the Sharks, we turn into Vesna winners. Just ask the Coyotes and how Aiden Hill has been doing for them. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a good a good win all around. Oh Didn't yeah, start- no, it's win tonight. Like yeah. good win tonight. I thought like again, they you know they they got better as the game went on. Thankfully. Um, and I, I do, did, did they deserve the win tonight? Yeah, I think so. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny that they deserve the win tonight for sure. Yeah. And the other thing too is, is that, yeah, they started out slow, but they picked up, they persevered and with, with the unknown injury to, you know, Mark Edward Vlasic, uh, you know, they persevered and honestly, I mean, again, when we looked at the time on ice, I mean, it wasn't like overly egregious uh, on that night, but you know we'll we'll see what happens there so uh if you uh are just joining us from from uh nbc thanks for watching welcome to the show eric and ian with you here as the sharks win three to two over the los angeles kings they've now won four in a row as they are now within one point of a playoff spot with the with the arizona coyotes idle tonight um so do us a favor if you're new here hit that subscribe button it does go a long way and of course hit that notification bell that lets you know when we go live uh of course uh, if you want to make a donation to this show we appreciate it It goes back to help uh get better equipment help with uh, the bills around for uh for uh soundcloud and such uh you can always do a super chat here but we do prefer venmo at teal town usa indeed on that um so that being said we're at 19 likes come on let's bump up those likes a little bit i mean the sharks have won four in a row let's get some thumbs up going here i mean but uh interesting developments coming out of vancouver um ian i yep. now now it's now it's turning up to be 16 cases uh along with some of the members of the coaching staff at the vancouver canucks 
um, where this is going to get a little concerning. And at the rate of the schedule they're at right now, I know the league is adamant on trying to get the schedule finished, but what do you do? I I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, first I hope, you know, like everyone there gets healthy quickly. Um, but yeah, obviously that's some, that's some scary stuff, you know, Vancouver, I mean, they're, they're pretty far out of fourth, like they're what, six points back, which I shouldn't say. Cause like, you know, 11 days ago were the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I feel like that, like the top four there is, pretty much going to jockey for position but other than that I, I feel like it's pretty set right like the rest of those teams are are pretty garbage like vancouver calgary ottawa they're all pretty bad this year right um yeah it's 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 obviously it's concerning right because i guess they're saying like it's not only just have these people um have these players uh been tested positive um, but it's also like there seems to be like the the variance at play, right? And I think that's obviously concerning. Um, you know, and again, I, I think the most important thing is that, um, you know, obviously I hope these 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 guys can get healthy and have no adverse effects. But it's definitely not good. It, it's definitely concerning. I mean, um I don't know because it's hard, right? Because like my, in, in my opinion, it's like it's difficult because like I think in the states, I don't understand. Like I don't feel like with when I look at my timeline and I look at some of the people <laughs> that have been vaccinated, I I don't think like an NHL player is jumping the queue at that point. Now north of the border, on the other hand, not so much the same. So I could understand that if you know if they ended up starting to vaccinate. Um, if they start having to vaccinate, you know, NHLers before some of the people that are already struggling to get vaccinated up here, that is not going to look good at all. No. Uh, Like, especially up here, like that's, that would not fly up here. Like people would scream bloody murder. Like as well, they already should. I mean, you know, they've, um, there, there is a big, problem up here with the almighty rules for thee but not for me um you know where nhl like where they kind of you know like like in ontario right now we're we're in a i'm not going to call it a lockdown because it's the weakest version of a lockdown they put us in but they still but you know there, there are people up here that are struggling because of it right like again you know they've clamped down on indoor dining again and mm-hmm. um and I, th- I think I said this last night, maybe maybe it was in Discord or not, like like the last few lockdowns, because my job is an essential, um, we've gone to curbside only. Um, now we're only like 25%. So I don't even know where I was going with this, but... Well, I mean... You be- can't, but so like, obviously I think if you're the NHL, I, I know where I'm going now. I, I, I found my train of thought. It's back <laughs> on the tracks. Um so obviously, I think if you're the NHL, obviously, especially with the playoffs coming up, like you'd want to get a good vaccine rollout going. But I just, again, I just, I think that that would just not play very well in in some places. Maybe, maybe not all. Um, but I feel like there are, like in the states, like you guys seem to be doing pretty well on the vaccination train. So 
Yeah. But it, up here, up here, we're not. And I think that if NHLers, you know, not only did they get to do whatever the hell they want and they can, you know, they can have their seven day right. quarantine and, you know, and they can have meals together, you know, when I can't technically, you know, be in a host, like have more than five people in my circle, like obviously like that would not play well up here and that'd be really annoying. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. I, and for I mean, those who aren't in California, uh, everybody fifty and and older are eligible for the vaccine, and they believe on April fifteenth, anybody sixteen and older will get the uh, vaccine. Jerk, do not do those. <laughs> oh my God, those those uh, those. Uh, <laughs> What was conspiracy the theories? Was, oh yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, Hockey jerk just got my second justice 5G chip. No, come on, <laughs> jerk. Uh, John, John with the super chat. Thank you so much, Ian and Puck. How hurt is Logan? I think he's looked better the last couple of games, but I still don't think he he's himself. Yeah, I don't like, think. I he... think there's something nagging there. I don't know what it is, and we'll never find out until after the season. But, right. um. I don't think he's, I, I really don't think he's a hundred percent, but I, I think he's been, you know, he's been better. He's been better of late. He looks like he's last couple of games. Like he seems like he's moving a little bit better mm-hmm. before, like for a while, like he was really, he just looked slow, like glacially slow um, mm-hmm. compared to his normal self. And I think something's nagging there, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's, something's bugging him because he could see when he takes a hit i saw him you know, like you know slowly going to the ice slowly going to the bench you know tonight uh in some cases so you you hope he's okay obviously he's getting used a lot so hopefully it's just uh, just a bugger per, per mm-hmm. se you know um i know like and it's funny because well not, it's not funny um but like before he said like his back was hurting right Right. And like the back's a funny thing because sometimes your back is sore and there's just nothing wrong there other than it's sore and there's nothing to fix. Just, you know, so um, hopefully that's not the case. But I mean, it could be it could be as simple as, you know, back sore, back getting better. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Pedersen. I wonder any relation to uh, Canucks forward. uh, Why can't I remember his first name now? Uh, Ian, help me out here. Elias Pedersen, any relation by chance? But hi from Sweden. Uh, this show is worldwide, uh, and we've had uh, viewers in I think London. I think we had one in we have one in Australia, New Zealand, uh, all over the place. Of course, Ian's from Canada as well. So we appreciate all of you and. Do us a favor if if you like what you see, please hit that subscribe button and uh, tell tell a friend or two or two hundred. I mean, it'd be great, appreciated. So, uh, you know, uh, so moving onward, let's uh, let's get to the wraparound since uh, you know, John John, thank you for the donation. We'll we'll go with uh. Elias, yes. Oh boy, now now Benjamin's correcting me with my pronunciations. This is great. Appreciate what happens. Yeah, I know. Uh, Bruins seven, Penguins five. And this one, uh, Marchand with the hat trick. And this one, uh, did you did you see the uh, high stick that Crosby took late in the game? No. Oh, it it's it's something. 
It's something. Uh, Lightning win 2-1 to one over the Red Wings. Braden Point with the game-winning goal. Vasilevsky still, I believe, undefeated in uh, with the uh, uh, at home with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Nashville 3-0. They shut out the Chicago Blackhawks in that one. Tolovan with the goal. Colton Sissons, otherwise known as Synosis. Two Fanatics uh, had a goal in this one. Oh, and Chris S with Chris JWS with the uh, $4.99 super chat. When I win the lottery, I will super chat you guys $420 every episode. I was watching the Snyder cut. What did I miss? Uh, you missed. I thought you missed. You missed a pretty decent game, actually, for a game between you know the the sixth and seventh place teams it was actually it was it was pretty good uh, if you ignored the first and that's you know that's my story and I'm sticking to it it got progressively better as the game went which is which is good considering which is not only good but it's surprising considering it was the second night and you know the second game in two nights for both teams mm-hmm. for sure uh jerk you know correct thank you 13 and oh at home this year for Vasilevsky uh a freak i mean he he's on his way to vesna for sure at least a nomination uh jerry by the way thank you for your donation as always i mean yes. my goodness you know so ah uh, you know it's it's crazy with that uh continuing on the sabers beat the rangers in the shootout they're on a roll people break out the parade <laughs> Three to two with the victory. Linus Olmark with the victory for Buffalo. Panarin got two uh, in the loss for the Rangers. Uh, the Islanders win three to two in a shootout. I I want to look this up because I thought I saw a uh, like Carter Hart had like ridiculous amount of saves in the shootout. Is that correct or or did I read something wrong here? I only started paying attention to other games because I have to talk about it on the show now <laughs> because the Sharks are a point out of the playoffs and I have to actually pay attention to other teams. How dare you? I, I know. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Of course. Uh, moving onward, you know, the Canes lose to the Stars 3-2. to two. I don't recall if Joe Pavelski had a... Had a uh, point in this one i i would suspect if aj is in the chat room he would uh he would tell us so because we know how much he loves that question is no no he did not he did but not. they still won but so they still won for them. uh as they try to crawl back into the playoff race along with uh you know nashville who if i'm not mistaken nashville is, is interesting right because there's another team who i thought i think a lot of people were were looking at that blue line and kind of salivating saying, Hmm, I wonder if, you know, I wonder if they're going to be sellers and if they're going to, because th- this is a team that's probably going to have to do something to not just get completely um, taken advantage of by Seattle. So I think <laughs> a lot of teams were looking at, at Nashville and being like, Hmm, I wonder if, you know, I could pry away one of those blue liners for something before they have to leave one of them uh, unexposed in the expansion draft. Right. Um, and I, I think if you're like, it's nice, like for Nashville, I, you know, I think they're in a similar situation as 
the sharks in that you you probably had a plan going into the trade deadline two weeks ago, and that should probably still be your plan, right? Right. Um, and I said this last night, and I'll say it again, and even if it makes people angry with me, I don't care. People are always angry with me. Um, <laughs> but I think you, if you're if you're Nashville, you want to have the same plan going into this trade deadline as you probably did going into it two weeks ago. Um, and so I think that you sell, right? Right. Especially, especially if you know that, like, you know that Seattle's gonna Seattle's gonna pull a, a, a decent player for free. I'd want to move that player for something first. Like that just makes that just makes sense, right? To me, it, I mean, I think the the Predators are in the same boat as the Sharks, where maybe you just do moves to help down the road, not not to win now to shore up something for a playoff run that you you may not go far in. You know, uh, John John with the five dollars super chat. Thank you very much as always. Is this the first time the Sharks? Are above five hundred? No. Yeah, they night. were five hundred once, but I don't think they've been over it. I I think they 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 were they were a five hundred team mm-hmm. a little while back, but I don't think they've ever broken the five hundred, the five hundred mark. Yeah, and just, now they're I mean they're they're five fourteen, so let's not get crazy. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're above it. The, I mean they they won opening night, but that was pretty much it since. I mean, yeah, they teetered with five hundred. Yeah, that's true. They did win their first game. Yeah, right. I mean, and that was in a shootout. So take that as you will. But uh, that was pretty much it on that one. Uh, to quickly recap, you know, Panthers. Uh, Wenberg had a hat trick and a five-two victory over the Neon Buggers. Uh, the Senators doubled up on Montreal. Um, you know, Josh Anderson with two goals, but that comes in a loss. I mean, Ottawa, really? What the heck? <laughs> you know? I mean, that's crazy. Uh, and then Minnesota wins two in Vegas. Obviously, they figured out the, uh, they got their uh, Vegas flu shot, I guess is what you're going to, you could say. Uh, they beat the the Golden Knights two to one. In that one, uh, the Blues, of course, you mentioned Ian mentioned it earlier. Kale McCarr with the game-winning goal with 40 seconds left. The Blues don't pick up any points, so they are now level with the Sharks points-wise in the standings. Uh, and that is it for that one. Of course, as we said, the Oilers and Canucks were postponed due to the to the uh, majority of the Canucks players and in, in uh, and coaches under uh, COVID protocol, as we mentioned there. So uh, there was a game tonight in Irvine between the the uh, the Barracuda and the San Diego goals, and we're going to look for Kevin Lacey in my contacts here. And let's see if we can bring him in now. Let's see if he's on the Peloton this time, folks. Nice. I mean... I, I thought that was a nice touch to it. So, you know, but uh, we'll have a quick little Barracuda recap right now. Ooh, Barracuda. That is a pretty sweet intro. Kevin, are you with us? 
Hello. Whoa. I did the Randy Hahn on the empty net goal <laughs> last night. <laughs> All right. How are you, my friend? Good good to uh, hear hear you. Uh we don't see you, but that's quite alright. Uh first off, confirm or deny that you are on your Peloton. I am not on my Peloton. I <sighs> had a thirty five I had a thirty six mile bike ride today and uh I am very Shut tired off. and have apparently blown out my vocal cords for the day. So <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll we'll make this brief then. Uh so the CUDA what happened? Uh, not good things. Um, apparently, I was the curse tonight for the Barracuda because when I turned the game on, they were winning 2-1, to one and Alex True had just scored a shorthanded goal moments earlier. And then the Barracuda decided to give up six in a row afterwards. They did get a goal from Joel Chelman in garbage time uh, and lost 7-3. to three. Um, Here's what I took from the game tonight. Too many players just looking like guys. You know, Ian and I have common uh, verbiage about <laughs> some Sharks prospects and uh, and players even, NHL players even, that sometimes being a guy isn't bad and sometimes guys are just guys. And I feel like lately the Barracuda roster has been filled by guys just being guys and no one's really stepping up barracuda did finally beat bakersfield earlier in the week and uh, uh, another game that i was uh, unable to watch but it did sound like it was a, a much better effort than the one tonight against san diego um but unfortunately uh, no one really stepping up plus between roster moves uh noah gregor and frederick handemark getting called up for about the millionth time to the Sharks a few days ago. And Ryan Merkley and Jaden Hobgwalks both being injured tonight. Um, had a little bit of roster shuffling, and unfortunately for Roy Sommer, it didn't pay off. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, goals win 7-3 to three on that one. What's their next game? Good, sir? Oh, shoot. Oh, of course shoot. you have to ask me oh, that. I, I see. I'm not prepared. Well, that's what we get. That's what I get for bringing you on at the last minute. But uh... so I have a question for you, Kevin. Yes, please do. So... They, they shark. They Barracuda play Tuesday against Henderson. Yeah, there you go. Tuesday, Wednesday night. They're both early. They are home games, but uh, the Tuesday game's at five p.m. Pacific, and the Wednesday game is six p.m. Pacific. So, if you are getting off of work at, around that time and Watching, uh, you have an AHL TV subscription. You can flip that game on real quick. What's your question, Ian? So last night on the show, um, when I was talking about uh, that the Sharks should still be sellers, and I said that if Dubnik can get you some, but something, you definitely move him, which obviously means that they'd have to put someone behind Martin Jones. And I said, that is a Kevin Lacey question. Um, I know Cornash probably didn't have a great game tonight, as the score would probably reflect. But um, is Coronash the guy that you would put behind Martin Jones to finish out the season? Yeah, I mean, with Yosef Coronash, Co Co dang it, Yosef <laughs> Kojanash, we're never going to get this. No, we're never going to get right there. No, no, no. This is a, I, I keep calling him Coronash, too. With Yosef Kojanash, I don't really think tonight was his fault. I did think that the goal he gave up to Keegan Lowe to start the third period was a pretty bad goal. It was just a a slap shot that he should have been able to save and 
only got a piece of. But most of the rest of the goals were either poor defense or, I mean, the goals had three power play goals tonight. So Fair enough. the Barracuda needed to stay out of the box, and that would have helped them tremendously, I feel like. But, yeah, definitely Yosef Kozhenash has been the best goalie, in my opinion, for the Barracuda this season. You know, I've had concerns, especially last year, uh, mm-hmm. about whether or not he really could take that next step to become an NHL goalie because I felt like he's been trending downward since his all-star first half in his rookie year. And Alexei Melnichuk, for all the hype that he's had, uh, being a very young goalie, uh, an exciting prospect, very athletic, and playing in the KHL this year, I don't think Alexei Melnichuk has adjusted to the North American game at all so far. He's had a couple of glimpses where he looked like, wow, this guy can be a number one NHL goalie. But for the most part, I've questioned whether he's even an AHL goalie. And he's battled some injuries recently as well. So I think that having Kozhenash back playing games with Barracuda is really essential for what you're talking about with Devin Dubnik potentially being moved. I think Kozhenash has shown so far this season in limited games, mind you, but he's definitely shown some growth. His rebound control has been better. He's not flailing all over the place like he was for most of last season. He he seems to have calmed his, uh, his movement down and just improved on his fundamentals. I imagine that his taxi squad time with Evgeny Nabokov has really helped. Plus having fresh eyes with a new goalie coach like Danny Sabarin, mm-hmm. uh, I think has really helped, helped him out a lot. So I do feel comfortable with giving Koshinash a shot towards the end of the season. If the sharks do decide to be sellers. Uh, but I don't know if he's the long-term, at least right now, I don't know if he's the long-term solution for, uh, the net, if say Martin Jones, uh, you know, right now Martin Jones on a really good streak, um, but we need to see that against uh, teams like Vegas and Colorado and Arizona. We need to see that happen, and so far it hasn't. Um, but but it's a really good question. Um, but I I will tell you all that I feel much more much better about Koshinash uh, at this moment than I did at the start of the year. Right. Uh, and another just from the chat uh, from uh, Joey Mahoney. Um, what, how, how do you, how have you felt about uh, Blickfeld so far this year? Joachim Blickfeld's been the best player uh, overall in the Barracuda, even even with Kojinash, who's who's looked pretty good. I think Blickfeld has easily been the the best player on this team. Uh, points wise, that's it's pretty obvious. He's he's leading the team in points. I had it up here, but I'm just pulling that right now. Yeah, 15 points in 15 games. He's stalled a little bit, believe it or not, in his point production lately, but he's still getting quality chances. I would like to see him hit the net a little bit more. I do feel like he might be trying to pick the corners a little too much because he does have that lethal shot. But I do feel like Joachim Blickfeld misses the net quite a bit. And so I'd like to see that tightened up. But he's been better defensively this season, which was a problem in his rookie year last year. I think he's mm-hmm. been much more responsible uh, on the back check, which has been great. I thought he played fine in his in his brief call up before he got suspended for the Sharks. I thought he was doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, that's an unfortunate de- thing, eh? Like to get suspended like that, because obviously, like when you become like I think like Gabriel learned really quick when you 
when you do dumb things, then the playing time goes away really quick. And I didn't like the play that he got suspended on. Like he had to be not, he, he has to not do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, let's not forget that Jochen Blickfeld's not some dirty player. This is a guy who right. has a whopping two penalty minutes this season. If you don't include that hit on McKinnon. So Blickfeld is not going to be the biggest physical threat on the ice in any mean. But speaking of physicality, I do think that Blickfeld, uh, even even last season when he was a little more inconsistent than this year, uh, Blickfeld showed that he was willing to not be pushed around. He's he's always been kind of slight in his frame. I know that I don't know how much weight he put on in the offseason, but I know that he did put on a pretty good amount of muscle and it, it's shown like one of the biggest problems I've had with Jaden Hobgawaks in his three years with the Barracuda is he's a small player who never seems to look physically stronger. But from from year to year or even in a progression to the, of each season, Blickfeld has progressed physically uh, as well as obviously his on ice performance. And yeah, I think that Jochen Blickfeld has a decent shot of being a middle six winger in the NHL if he continues this trajectory. All right. Good to know. Uh, that's why we bring him in. Kevin Lacey, <laughs> thank you very much for uh, your Barracuda update. Uh, you can find him at Kevin Lacey 22 and uh, Kevin, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. Let, uh, I'll, I'll go out the way I got in. Thanks for having me guys. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, take care. <laughs> All right, Kevin Lacey, everyone, as the Cuda uh, lose seven three to the San Diego goals. But yeah, uh, that was a good question. I'm glad you brought that up, Ian, because it is curious. Uh, we've heard weeks ago that you know Dubnik is one of the guys that might be, you know, put out as trade bait. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, Interesting to see what what the team does, and and especially since Nieto is still out, uh, mm-hmm. you you wonder, you know, that, that was another piece everybody was talking about, maybe with Sorensen, uh, which yeah, like when I looked at the when I looked at the the contracts, like I thought like Nieto was the one guy that stood out to me that if I'm a team, I'm gonna make some like I would call about at the deadline, um, based on I I think he's been really consistent this year. Um, obviously like he, he plays a role and he plays it well. I, I think sometimes like, um, Patrick Marlowe, he's been put into positions where I, I don't think he belongs, but, um, you know, I don't really have much like for, for when Nieto came back, like my initial reaction was, oh, Nieto. like, you know, this is like, <laughs> it was just like a stupid PR move to right. like make the happy seals clap. But actually you know like he completely turned me around on him um this year uh you know i thought i thought he was really good um and you know in what he was asked to do i really i've enjoyed matt nieto this year so um he was the guy that really stood out to me it's like well if you're if you're looking at this team who do you want to buy and uh you know matt nieto was the first name that came to my mind so it's, it's unfortunate that he's gotten hurt um when he's not really fortunate if you if you want to keep him around yeah um it, uh, you you wonder if this streak going on right now and if the sharks continue on as they get closer and closer to the trade deadline if if they're going to make moves does the value go up a little bit more you know 
maybe Nieto was maybe a third round pick, but now that you've won four in a row, you're within the point of a playoff spot. Maybe Doug Wilson asked for something a little bit higher because he knows that's something that can actually hurt the team now. But of course, you know, it will be something for to add on to the reset. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, and I'm not like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sad if Nieto stuck around because like I said I think he's um I, I like I said I think he's done really well this year for what they've asked him to do um so if he if he does stick around I'm not going to be upset yeah uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh yeah and Kevin you that was one thing they also mentioned on Hockey Night in Canada uh in the uh that Vancouver is the only team dealing with the COVID nineteen issues their affiliate in Utica. Hasn't played a game since March 10th, so the Comets have been dealing with COVID issues, and I know they were they are scrambling to get their guys from other Canadian AHL teams along with uh, the Utica Comets, uh, some of them up to Vancouver to to try a piece together a roster if they are able to eventually come back sometime next week. So. Uh, I think that'll do it for us. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on TealTownUSA.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and always available at TealTownUSA.com. Of course, we're doing this Saturday night, so tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Pacific is the Pucknologist. AJ Jerk and Rocket will take you through the weekend review that was of Sharks Hockey, along with all kinds of other segments. Uh, you know, So be on the lookout for that. I'm sure he's probably got some swag that he might give away. Who knows? But it'll be fun. And this has been fun, of course. Ian, thank you for putting up with me, as always. And your final thoughts on where the people can find you. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can find me on the uh, Twitter machine at Ian Blogs Hockey. Um, final thoughts. Uh, you know, same as last night. When the Sharks do good, it's good. Um, I'll be in Discord and we can all continue the party there. Right. Yay, party. <laughs> you have work tomorrow? No, it's Easter Sunday. Oh, lucky you. Right. I mean, I can't stay in Discord all night because, like, I do have to get up with my kids in the morning. But, um, so I have to go to bed a little bit earlier. So Ian will be up till four a.m. Till four a.m. instead of five. Yeah, yeah. I am at Puck Guy fourteen on the Twitter and the Instagram. We will head over to our Discord channel right now to continue the conversation. Uh, but be on the lookout for Pucknologist tomorrow night at seven p.m. The trio will uh, take you there and you have a good chuckle at the same time and probably at my expense. So until then, we'll, the Sharks will play Tuesday against the Ducks at home. And until then, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. See you tomorrow for Pucknologist Tuesday following Sharks and Ducks. Good night, everyone.